Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I'll show you. And I'll make thee of thee a great nation. I'll bless thee, make thy name great. That'll be a blessing. I'll bless them that bless thee, curse him that curseth thee, and thee all the families of the earth should be blessed. Now, the most important part of that is the next verse. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Those are just a few words in those verses that changed Abraham's life from having an unsatisfied, unfulfilled life to having a severe, satisfied and fulfilled life. And those words, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. God called Abraham in verse one. He said, get thee out. He said, walk, you walk, 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 you walk, lech lecha, you walk. He said, get thee out of your country, from your people, your kindred, from your father's house to land that I'll show you. And with that invitation, the decision was all on Abraham. It was all up to Abraham to obey or not to obey. That's the question. And and, and Abraham obeyed God's invitation to leave and come. And that's at the heart of the gospel call, which is, which is just as, as much a command invitation for everyone as it was for Abraham to leave. But God didn't say, you know, if you'd like to, he, he said, he said, lech lecha, he says, walk, you walk. Leave, you leave. Go, you go. It was a command. There was no doubt about it. And God's command is called an invitation because man has a choice of whether or not to obey. That's why it's called a command invitation. See, to obey the gospel invitation, is that's to have the satisfied and the fulfilled life. No one can have a satisfied, a severe, satisfied and fulfilled life unless they obey God's command invitation. See, the Lord Jesus Christ, he called out that gospel command invitation. And if you like, turn to it, please. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30 was, was when the Lord called out the gospel command invitation. Go ahead and turn to it. In Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, it says there, this is, this is the gospel command invitation in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. So I'm asking you to turn to it because I'm gonna ask you some questions. So he says in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what in these three verses tells you that this invitation is a command? What tells you? Come, right, see? It's all about come, take, learn. There's no, if you'd like to come, then go ahead. You know, there's no, if you'd like to take, then go ahead and take. You know, there's no, if you'd like to learn, then go ahead and learn. No, there's no, if you'd like to, then go ahead and. This is, this is come, take, learn. Now, so in this command invitation made to everyone, is it made to everyone or to a certain group of people? Uh, how is everyone described? You gotta look at the verse to know the answer. Yeah, it, it is to everyone, but the, the everyone is especially those who know 
that they are laboring and are heavy laden. The people are laboring and they're heavy burdened. Now, within this group, what word tells you that everyone within this group is to come and not just a few? You already said it a little earlier. All, it's all, it's all. And what promise does the Lord Jesus make for those who come, take, and learn? What's the promise? Rest. rest. I'll give you rest. You'll find rest. And what kind of rest are we talking about? Where would they feel this rest? In their souls, right, in their souls. This is a rest in the soul. This is not a rest of the body. This is a rest in the soul. This is a severe rest. This is the severe satisfaction, the severe fulfillment that, that Abraham found in, in, in Genesis 25, 8, where we've been studying. It's not a rest for the body. It's a rest for the soul. It's a severe rest of a satisfied and a fulfilled life. I always found it interesting that my Jewish atheist friend, I have many Jewish atheist friends, but this particular Jewish atheist friend, Al Rodbell, he, he likes to come to the Creation Museum and writes a blog online, and, and that Al can quote these verses and the reference perfectly. See, he's an atheist. And, and, and he told me that these verses are his favorite Bible verses. <laughs> why? I always say, why? Why? Because every human heart down deep is seeking for that ultimate, final answer to the question that every human heart is asking, which was, which that question is in Matthew eleven thirteen, same chapter, and said unto him, art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? See, that's the question. Now, this command invitation is given to a certain group of people. There are two descriptions of the people. What are the two descriptions? They and they what? And are that's it. Good. All right. So the, see, they labor. So they labor, in other words, they're struggling to find rest for their restless souls. They're struggling to find severe. They're struggling to find satisfaction and fulfillment in life. But they're frustrated because all they do to find the severe rest in, in their souls just continues to make them more restless, and it's frustrating, and it's annoying, and it's exasperating, and it's maddening. Because just when they think they've achieved some goal that holds out the promise of giving them a severe rest of the soul, they, and they achieve it, they find that it doesn't bring the severe rest of the soul. So the first description of those who labor, which describes all this hard work and this effort into trying to find this elusive, severe rest for the soul, this description of those who labor describe what they're doing. They're doing, they're laboring to find this severe rest for the soul. They're working very hard at it. But the second description's different. The second description is that they're heavy laden. They're heavy burden. That describes how they feel as they work hard to find what Abraham found, the severe rest for the soul. They feel burdened. They feel laden down. They feel weighted down. They feel worn out. They feel exhausted. See, this life searching for the severe rest for the soul has left them just tired and beat. And, and why is the human heart so restless? Well, what is the pro- why, is it so, why does it not have this severe rest? What is it that's causing the soul to be so restless and not have severe rest? Well, first, the soul has no severe rest because of the sins of the past, especially the sins when a person was young. They're really, young people really have a, a, a way of really filling up the tally. I remember we had an accountant that worked for us, and he had a daughter that was a real challenge to him. And one time he said to his daughter, he said, when you get old, you're going to be great. He said, he said to her, he says, because you said, you will have done everything wrong possible when you were young. 
My Israeli friend told me that when he was young and, and living in the kibbutz in the 1960s that there was this group of immoral Polish Jewish girls there, and he said, I did a lot of chet, a lot of sins. And, and, and those, are, those are the sins of the youth, sins of the youth. See, the prophet Jeremiah uh, spoke about the sins of the youth and how they torment a person and make the soul restless when he said in Jeremiah 31, 18 through 19, I have surely heard Ephraim bemoaning himself thus. Thou hast chastised me, and I was chastised. As a bullock unaccustomed to the yoke, turn down me, I shall be turned. For thou art the Lord of my God. Surely after that I was turned, I repented, and after I was instructed, he says, I smote my thigh. I smote my thigh. I was ashamed, yea, even confounded, because I did bear the reproach of my youth. He says, I smote my thigh. I was ashamed. Why did he smote his thigh? Because of the chet. My Israeli friend still remembers the sins of his thigh. I smote my thigh. I was ashamed. It was all those memories of sins and the shame that made his soul restless. I did bear the reproach of my youth. It was the reproach of his youth, he says, that made his soul restless. And what else makes the soul not have the severe rest? When a person knows that he has wasted his life in a futile search for the severe rest for the soul, and, and, he's, and he, he's, he's driven himself into poverty of the soul, soul poverty. See, that scene in the prodigal son when he said after he had taken all that his father had given him and spent it in a wild life of pleasure to find the severe rest for his soul. And then he said in Luke 15, 17, and when he had come to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger? See, what else is, takes away the severe rest from the soul? The intolerable is an intolerable weight deep down that a person knows he's going to stand before God in judgment for his sins. He will stand before God and be judged for his sins. Suppress it all he will, he knows. It's intolerable that weight. That's what caused the publican, the intolerable weight of that, to beat his chest and to pray in Luke 18, 13, and the publican standing afar off would not so much would not lift up so much as his eyes into heaven, but smote his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So what else takes severe rest from the soul? Preaching. Preaching takes severe rest from the soul. If you're lost, preaching is not comforting. Preaching is is disturbing because it tells you you've transgressed God's commandments. That takes severe rest from the soul. That's what happened to those who heard Peter and the rest of the apostles when they were preaching, as it says in Acts 2.37. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? The Bible-based preaching, it just pokes away like a rose thorn in the heart. It takes away the severe rest from the soul. It brings a person to say, what shall we do? What shall we do? to find the severe rest for the soul. What else makes a person uh, uh, restless with no severe rest for the soul? It, it, it's that after doing all this searching, there's still this intolerable hunger in the heart. There's this thirst in the soul. It's like a big giant hole in the heart. It won't go away, except by coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. As he said in John six thirty five. and Jesus said unto them, I'm the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth in me shall never thirst. And does a person, and, and, and so let's just say now a person is responding to all this, this, this weight and, 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 and restlessness, right? what does he have to do to find God's severe rest, for, so severe rest for the soul? 
He has to believe that God can help him. He has to turn to God and say, you can help me find the severe rest for my soul. That's what the Jewish people are going to do when their restless souls are terrifying them. They'll first believe that God can help them. And, and, and that's recorded, the, this change of heart is recorded in Hosea 6.1 when their conversation is actually recorded, when it says, come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. See, the Lord Jesus Christ gave his command invitation to come and the Jewish people will come when they believe. And yes, he's torn, but he will heal us. Yes, he's smitten, but he will bind us up. See, they'll come to Jehovah Jesus when they believe that he will heal us and he will bind us up. And no one will come to the Lord Jesus Christ for the severe rest for the soul unless he believes his promise. I will give you rest. Come unto me, you'll find rest unto your souls. No one will come to Jehovah Jesus for severe rest for the soul unless they believe his promise stated in Psalm 55, 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, he shall sustain thee. And no one will cast all their care upon God unless they believe that he cares for them, as Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. So so the gospel command invitation to find this severe rest for the soul is all about the word come. It's all about coming. The gospel command invitation is simply to come. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And the work of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of man is to call out to them, come, come. In essence, that's our work as gospel workers. Our work is to say, come, come. And the Bible beautifully puts us together with the Spirit and the Spirit of God. And when it says in the end of the Bible in Revelation 22, 17, the Spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that heareth come, and him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. See, that, that, that's where the Holy Spirit and us are locked arm in arm with one message to the world, come to the Lord Jesus Christ. The lost sinner who hears it, he repeats the word himself, come, I'm coming, I'm coming. He says the words, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me and that thou bidst me come to thee. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. And in Revelation 22, 7, the gospel invitation is given, let him, there's a thirst, come, whosoever will, take the water. See, the gospel command invitation is not to come to a religion, it's not to come to a church, it's not to come to a group of people, it's as the Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, come unto me. Christianity is the Lord Jesus Christ. Take him away, there's no Christianity. Heaven is the Lord Jesus Christ. Take him away, there's no heaven. The gospel command invitation is to come to him as the Lord Jesus cried in the temple where, it's, where he said in John seven thirty seven, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Now, how does he describe himself in, in Matthew eleven twenty eight? He describes himself with these words, I will give you rest. What is that a description of? He's the rest giver. He's the rest giver. Whoa, that's interesting. That's the meaning of the name Noah. Noah. Noah means rest or comfort. That's why his father named Noah that, because he knew Noah would be the rest or the comfort giver. It said then in Genesis 5.29, he called his name Noah, saying, this same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. There was one particular time in Noah's life 
when, he, when we see him in this place and we say, oh, perfect description, analogy, symbol, type of the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28. And that's when Noah, he reached out his hand and, and, and for the dove. You remember that? And, and, and it says that in, in Genesis 8, 9. You remember when, when he wanted to find out if the waters had, had recited? And so he let the dove loose and the dove was flying all around. And, then, and, 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 and the results of all this doves flying around is in Genesis 8, 9, where it says, and, but the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot. And she returned unto him into the ark for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. And he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in unto him into the ark. See that scene, freeze that scene. I mean, God's frozen that scene for us to, to have there in Genesis 8 and 9. As we see the Lord Jesus Christ in that scene of Noah. I mean, there's this dove. She's, she's flying all around. She's looking for rest. Now, that, that, that's, that, that's like man. Man, he's searching all over the world. He's in an ABC mode. ABC is anything but Christ. <laughs> it reminds me, my friend came over to my house. He saw a Bible and asked about it. He told me he was very interested in the Bible. He says, but he made it very clear. Just the history. I'm not interested in the religion. I told my friend, you need God. He told me he was interested in the Bible, but not God. He had the ABC approach. Anything but Christ. So, so we can see this poor dove who has left the ark in search for rest for the sole of her foot. And she looks here, and she doesn't find it. And so then she, she, she looks over there, maybe over there. She flies over there, all that energy. She doesn't find any rest for her foot. She's like the, she's like, she's like the, uh, 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 the description of a man in search of rest. Labor, first description, labor. The little dove laboring to find rest. The little dove's frustrated. And then comes the second description of man, heavy laden, poor little dove, exhausted, poor little dove, worn out, beat, trying to find this rest. She is heavy laden. She's burdened. And so what does that little dove do? She decides to return to the ark. See, in that, in that scene, there are the, uh, the dove in midair making this decision, you know, to fly back to the ark. See, that scene is symbolic of a person who maybe grew up in the home going to church with God. And, and, or, or who, was, who, who was in the church, or a person who was in the church with God, and, and, and then, then the person saw the world out there and says, looks pretty good. Bye-bye church. Bye-bye God. I'm off. I'm off. Find my satisfaction fulfillment in the world. And, and just like that, that dove flying all around in search of rest, the person searches everywhere in, in search of the real severe soul satisfaction, the real soul, soul fulfillment, doesn't find it. Like the dove, just like the dove makes a decision. The dove, the dove made flying around up there. The dove says, "I had enough. I've had enough." It's a hey, uncle. I cry, uncle. It's I've been trying to find rest in the world, and, and and now it's time for me to go back to the ark that I left. And so the person decides he's had enough, uncle. Enough. I'm trying to find the severe rest, the severe soul satisfaction fulfillment in the world, and now it's time to return to church. It's time to return to, to return to God. That I left. And so what did that little dove do? Fine. So the little dove's out there making a decision. I'm going to go back. And then she flies back to the ark. She's absolutely exhausted. And, 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 and what does she find? The little dove, when she gets back to the ark, she finds the window closed and said, said uh, you left. Uh, you made your bed. Now sleep in it. No. <laughs> you know? no. She finds the window open. And, 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 and not only she finds the window open, but she found, Genesis 8, 9, then he put forth his hand. 
and took her and pulled her in unto him into the ark. See, the little dove comes back to the ark and she finds Noah's there waiting for her. And she finds Noah then putting forth her hand, I mean his hand, to take her. And she found Noah took her. And then she found Noah pulling her into the safety of the ark. See, and what does a person find who comes to the Lord Jesus Christ for the severe rest of the soul? Just like Noah. Just like Noah, he finds the Lord Jesus Christ waiting for him. As he said in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and, and, and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into him, sup with him, he with me. See, I'm standing there. You say, I'm waiting. And just like Noah took the dove, he finds the Lord Jesus Christ takes him. Like you said in John 6.37, Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. What's that mean? I'll take him. And, 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 and that, the verse we were talking about in Hosea 6.1, when they said, come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath turned, he will heal, torn, he will heal us. What does that mean? He'll take us and heal us. He'll smit and he'll bind us. What does that mean? He'll take us and bind us up. And Luke 15.20, and this prodigal son, who came to the decision, I'm going to go back, like the dove flying around in air, I'm going to go back. But then in Luke 15.20, it says, but he, he arose and came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. But the the account is very specific about what Noah did for that little dove when it says he put forth his hand, took her, and pulled her in unto him into the ark. It says that he not only put forth his hand, but he took her. It says he not only put forth his hand and took her, but he pulled her in unto him into the ark. I mean, can you imagine the little dove as she saw as she saw Noah, you know, put forth his hand, and, and then she says to herself, oh, he's putting forth his hand to me personally. Of course, there weren't any other doves out there, but doesn't matter. <laughs> and the same way, when a person turns to the Lord Jesus Christ, he finds the Lord Jesus Christ is calling to him personally. As he said in John 10, 3, to him the porter openeth, the sheep hear his voice, he calleth his own sheep by name, leadeth them out. Can you imagine how the little dove felt as she came to Noah and, and, and then she felt Noah's, Noah's hand around her, take her? That's the way a person feels when the Lord takes them. See, uh, Psalm 125, verse 2, as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth and forever. You know, I live in the city of El Cajon, which literally means the box in Spanish because it's a valley surrounded by mountains. And I like it when I drive up Highway 8 and come to that hill, you know, over there by, well, you know what I mean, Severin. And, and, and you just go over and you look down on the El Cajon Valley, and I think, boy, as El Cajon is surrounded by mountains, the Lord surrounds his people. And then can you imagine how the little dove feels when, when Noah pulls her in unto him? It says pulls her in unto him, and she feels safe, safe in the hands of Noah. That's exactly uh, what happens and how a person feels who comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. He feels like the Lord Jesus Christ has drawn him close to him and, and, and feeling safe, safe in the arms of Jesus. Deuteronomy 33, 27, Moses taught the Jewish people this. He said, the eternal God is thy refuge. Underneath are the everlasting arms. He shall thrust out the enemy from before you. John, 19, John 10, 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved or have safety and go in and out and find pasture. So looking back over Abraham's life, when it says in Genesis 8 that Abraham was severe, he was full, it means he had found the severe satisfaction and fulfillment in, in, in his life in, in, in Jehovah Jesus. And he left this world severe, satisfied and full. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much that 
what happened to Abraham, you want to happen to each one of us. And we thank you, Lord, that Abraham's gone, but you haven't gone. And you are still the same, and that your call, your call is to come unto you. And so help us, Lord, to every day to come to you without hesitation, and help, Lord, us as we seek to persuade the lost to come to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Starting September 25th, join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.